Amen. You guys can grab your seats if you uh, if we've never met. My name is Kyle Turner. I pastor at Kingdom City Church and in Kansas City, and I have been friends with your pastors, Justin and Marissa, for a long, long time. Uh, they are phenomenal friends. In fact, uh, the first church planting kind of like training thing I ever went to uh, just happened to be that sitting at my table was pastors Justin and Marissa, and that was about 14, I think, years ago, maybe 15 now. So pretty awesome. And uh, I get the huge honor to be one of the spiritual overseers here. And so I pray for you guys regularly. Uh, in fact, three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Velocity Church is on my prayer list. I prayed for you this week. And, uh, but what an honor it is to get to speak. It's my first time speaking in the building. So I've been at the theater. I've been at the other theater. I've been here before for other things. But what an honor it is. We're going to jump into the word in just a moment. But I'm honored to be here. Uh, a quick uh, shout out to my family back home. I think I got a picture of them, the Turner Wolfpack. There we are. Uh, there's my love of my life, Liz Turner. And then my oldest, uh, Blair Graham, who, um, man, he is, he is a handful. And there's our Goldie girl, Elle Golden, that we love so very much. Her name's Goldie, but she's wearing silver, and it's great. Uh, I'm excited to get to jump into this series um, we're, calling, we're calling Slingshot. How do we take um, this beginning time? And as we stretch and as we pull back, how can we propel into our 2024 all that God has in store for us as believers, as sons and daughters of an amazing God, as world changers at work here in Lawrence and in this region, how can we fulfill all that God has? And what we're learning through the life of David, really with his battle with Goliath, this conflict moment that there's five small lessons that we can learn that will lead to significant victory in all of our lives. So that Pastor Justin did a phenomenal job last week. I was listening in about how to get a grip. It's not so much about what is happening to you or what you're facing. It's about your attitude, your response, and your perspective. Today we're going to take that another step forward. We're going to really deal with perspective. I'm going to talk about how we, how we then take, take aim. If we're going to have this uh, battle, this conflict, this opportunity for victory, how do we get the right focus, the right mindset, the right mentality, and how do we take Take aim. I'm actually going to go over several of the passages from the story that the Pastor Justin went over last week, but we're going to look at it from a little bit of a different perspective. And uh, I'm going to read and then, and then we'll pray and get our hearts ready to hear what God wants to say through, through the scripture. We're all good today? We got the victory today? We got, we got the victory all weekend. Chiefs won. Jayhawks won. Come on, life is pretty good in Lawrence. Life is pretty good. Okay, uh, it says this. It says, then, when Saul dressed David in his, in his own tunic, I'm uh, sorry, I jumped, I jumped my passage here. First Samuel chapter 17, Saul replied, hey, you're not able to go and fight the Philistine. You can't, you can't go against Goliath. He's a giant. And you're just a young man. Uh, he's been a warrior from his youth, and you're still a youth. But David actually said to Saul, it's not what you see. Uh, it's what's on the inside of me. Uh, I actually have more going on that you've never seen before. He says, hey, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. What do sheep have to do with slaying a giant? He says, I've actually been in some battles before. There was a lion and there was a bear. When they came to try to carry off one of my father's sheep from the flock, I went after it. How I many notice every once in a while you kind of need a, I'm going to go after it mentality. I'm not just going to wait back and watch that the kingdom of God responds to faith, and faith requires a step and obedience. Like sometimes you just got to go after it. I went after it, and I, I struck it, and I rescued the sheep from its mouth. And even when it would turn on me, now my life is in peril, not just the sheep. Your servant 
would turn around and seize it by its hair. I struck it and I killed it. Your servant has killed both a lion and a bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like just one of them. Because he's defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. I like that perspective before we go any further. He says, hey, I did have to go after it, but it wasn't me. It was the Lord that rescued me. I was faithful to do my part and put my hands to paddle, to not run away, but to step in. But it was actually all God all along. So then Saul responds to David and says, okay, go and let the Lord be with you. Last week, hey, we got a grip. Sometimes in all the circumstances and struggles in our life, we might need to just say, shake it all off for a moment and let's have an attitude of faith and a response of obedience. And hey, let's just not let life happen to us. Let's live the life that God has for us. And today we're going to learn to take aim. In this slingshot moment, how do we take aim with the right mentality and the right perspective so that we can see the victory? Can we pray? Are you guys ready to pray? Is that cool? I mean, we're in church, right? We pray. Let's pray, get our hearts ready. God, we thank you for oh, all that you've taught us all over the years. Maybe we're new to faith. Maybe we're trying to find you today. But I know there's people in the room have been following you a long time. Lord, I thank you that we would learn. We would learn that, that we could take aim based upon how you have treated us, how good you've been to us, and that you're the God that's for us. And Lord, I don't know what the battles the people in this room are facing. I don't know the fights that they are currently in or the Goliaths that might be in their future. I just know that you are with them, you are for them, and you've got them. I think that today, collectively and individually, our faith would grow as we allow the Word of God and the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts. So would you make this message like only you can, Holy Spirit, personal and applicable to every one of our lives individually and to collectively as a church. Help us move our faith forward as we move the mission of Jesus forward in Lawrence and beyond in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we're going to take aim. I want to go back to the story because in verse 8 it says that Saul, uh, I'm sorry, 38, Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put the coat of armor on him. In other words, Saul's armor. And a bronze helmet on David's head. David fastened on Saul's sword over his tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to this kind of armor and this kind of weaponry. How many know that the king in the kingdom would have the greatest armor? He would have the best armor. What you might not know is even historically uh, that, that there weren't a lot of swords back then. In fact, especially for the, the Hebrew people, they were not metal workers. The Philistines actually were. That they didn't have a lot of swords. Actually, there's only a few swords in the entire kingdom. This is the most advanced technology for warfare that Israel had at its disposal with Saul's armor and his sword. But David, when he tried it on, says, this doesn't fit me. This isn't for, this isn't for me. He says, I cannot go in these because I am not used to them. So he took them off. And instead, he took a staff in his hand. And then he chose five smooth stones from the stream put them in a pouch in a shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand, that's the that's weaponry of a shepherd, not a giant slayer, he then approached the Philistine. How do we take aim? In fact, this is an acrostic today that I made for us. I want you to understand that when we take aim, we're actually walking by faith into our future with a perspective that says, it's already inside me. 
everything that I need for victory today, God has already given me in Christ. Everything that I need to win the battle today, I have learned from yesterday's battles and God's faithfulness in yesterday. So when I take aim, I'm taking my faith into a fight with the perspective that all that I need for victory is already on the inside of me. See, what you have been through with God in life, the struggles, the fights, the, the battles, Sometimes it feels like losses, but then God can redeem and turn it around. What you have been through has prepared you for what God has next for you. What God has for your 2024, coming up, we learned this lesson four years ago. We never saw 2020 coming. Nobody did. In fact, every preacher on the, in the planet was preaching God's 2020 vision for your life. You're going to see clear. But then out of nowhere, we had all these setbacks, this fighting, this, these problems, these situations. And here we are four years later. Maybe we can learn that although we don't know what's coming, we do know the one who does. And he knows what he has individually for our lives. He knows what he has collectively for us as a community of faith. And we can win this year with what we've already got in here. We can win this battle that we're currently facing, not with someone else's help, not with someone else's gifting, not with someone else's connections or personality or someone else's resources. No, we've got the God of heaven living on the inside of us. And if we learn to take aim, we can win because what's already in us is greater than anything in this world. You might remember this movie. I think it came when I was out when I was back in high school. So um, it's called The Patriot. Do you remember The Patriot with Mel Gibson? It was a few years after he released Braveheart. And it was kind of the same story. A man fighting against the British, except this one was in 1776 and it was all about America. Right? And he teaches his son before they battle the British that if he would aim small... He would miss small. Remember that? Anybody watch movies? You guys are super saved and never watch a movie? Or am I just old? Okay. If you aim small, you would miss small. In other words, if you get really focused, even if you miss a little bit, you'll still hit the target. I love that thought. Now, we as believers, we like to aim big. We want to believe big. We have a big God. We have a God who's got big plans. Plans to take over the entire world for all time and eternity. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess. God has big plans and you need big plans. But sometimes if we can just learn to be faithful in small, focus on maybe not the big thing we're believing, but the, the thing that God is asking of us right here, right now, we're going to hit the mark that God has for us. So even in our kingdom calling, which is bigger than what we're currently understanding or maybe even what we can fully see, if there is a focus of faithfulness in the small things that God uses us, uses for us to gain the advantage and the victory that God has for us. See, David, he was faithful when no one else was watching. No one else was watching. Now, he's been anointed to be king in front of his whole family, but no one else in the kingdom knows that. In fact, right after he's anointed to be king, his father, actually, Jesse, sends him back to the fields, back to the desert land, back to shepherd, back to take care of the sheep, which is the lowest job in the family. In other words, he's in the unseen place. He's in the small place. And yet he's faithful in the small. And he learns some things when no one else is watching that eventually God uses to give him the faith and the, the, the belief to bring a victory when he's on the main stage and the whole nation is looking. See, I like to believe this, that destiny for us is actually a daily decision. It's a decision when no one else is watching. 
It's a every day. It's a Sunday when it's negative 21 wind chills show up to church kind of decision. It's the small things. Not too big. Everyone believes their destiny is one big connection, one big opportunity, one big deal, one big breakthrough, one big miracle. And I believe God has all those things and more in store for you. But you will never get to the big until you're faithful with the small. And if you want a big, giant-slaying, world-changing destiny, you've got to make the daily decision to obey. In other words, it's the small lessons that we learn along the way that lead us to the places of God promotion. So just let me encourage you, if you feel like no one has seen all of your devotion and all of your faithfulness and all of your obedience, I promise you, God has not missed it. And if he hasn't missed it, what you've done behind the scenes, your promotion season is on its way. So David says, you know what, I haven't faced a giant yet, but I've had some battles, I've had some problems, I've had some struggles, and no one else saw. And the same God that protected me back then will promote me right now. The same God that saw me behind the scenes will help me in this battle. And I don't need the latest and greatest. I don't need the sword, the bronze helmet. I don't need the armor. I can go with what I've already got. I can win with what God's already given. I can take aim because what it's already inside me is more than enough to bring victory here. In fact, that's what it says in Romans chapter 6, verse 10. The same Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. You've been in church at all. You might have probably heard that verse before. But has the reality of that truth saturated your heart? Because if it has, it should be changing your mindset. It should be changing your mentality. That the spirit of the living God that can defeat death and the grave is on the inside of you. That's why the scripture says, greater is he that is in you than any Goliath, any battle, any barrier, any struggle, any situation, anything in this world. If you're going to take aim, you got to realize it's already in me. What I need for victory is already in me. Because when you become a believer, the same power, resurrection power, and the power of God's grace is at work in your life. Jesus teaches this. Matthew 13 says the kingdom of heaven, or the other way, the way that God works. How many know it's always counterculture to the way the world works? The kingdom is counterculture to the world. That's why Jesus says, You want to be the greatest, you be a servant. It's always counterculture. Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed when it's planted in a field. It's the smallest of seeds, but it becomes one of the greatest of trees. Goes on to say the kingdom of heaven is like a little bit of yeast in the baking of bread. It's the smallest component, but it makes the biggest difference. It is these little things that you do not see that produce the victory and the momentum that the whole world will see. And we're not talking about gardening and we're not talking about baking. We're talking about God's victory for your year. That what got you here, the goodness and the grace of God, the faithfulness when no one else is watching, is what's going to take you into your God-given future. Let's take aim, Velocity Church. Because what's already in us is more than enough to conquer whatever we might be facing right now or in our future. So these little God opportunities become life-defining legacy moments when we can learn to see the significance in the small. When we have a perspective that I don't need the latest or greatest, the same God that got me this far will get me all the way through. Everyone tracking with me today? I know it's cold outside, but your voice still works. You can give me an amen every once in a while. 
A small amen helps out every once in a while. It's good. Let me tell you a story. There's a guy named Ronald Wayne, not a household name. Understandably so, uh, but it could have been. In fact, he could have been one of the most famous people on the planet. But he missed his moment. He had little faith, little vision, little endurance. He had a small perspective. You could actually call him Little Wayne, right? Little Ronald Wayne. He was the third founder of Apple. Come on, everyone, you got your phone out right now, taking great notes. You got your, almost every one of us have, have at least one, if not multiple, of this technologically amazing company. We, we have, like we've all, so many of us have bought in, and yet he said, that's not for me. Just 12 days into the start of the company, he quit. He didn't want to work in a garage. He didn't think the financial risk was worth it. He couldn't see the potential in the small. So he sold his 10% equity shares back to Steve Jobs and Wozniak for $800. What would be worth today around $289 billion, with a B, billion dollars, he traded for $800. To make it even worse, I've actually heard he's also, it's rumored he's an Android guy. <laughs> he's got the green bubble of brokenness in his life. Can you imagine missing the investment of a, that, that is world changing money. Right? We don't worship money, but how many know you can make a massive difference with that? All of us would talk about him and what he's doing and what investments he's making and what new tech. He didn't see the significance in the small. See, what we, when we learn to take aim, by what's already gotten us here, by the grace of God, will get us there. We are learning to leverage the little for something that is significant. In fact, your little that you're faithful with today is what will produce more fruitfulness in your tomorrow. But you have to learn to use what you've got. You've got to learn to take aim. I wonder how much we might miss. Because we always mistake big as better. Instead of faithful with a small are the few. This is the way the kingdom works. The kingdom almost always starts small. Even before the big creation of the earth, it was a few small words from an almighty God. In the beginning, right, God created the heavens and earth. And what did he say? Four words. Let there be what? Light. Let there be land. Let there be life. Everything in this world, everything in our galaxy, everything in the universe was created with just a few little words that carried great power. See, you want the most of what you got right now. You might have to learn how to be faithful with what feels like minuscule. But if you're faithful with the small and the minuscule and the, the minimum, God can do the maximum in the ministry of Jesus through your life. See, the kingdom just works different. Jesus says that the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Everything is upside down. And yet we as Americans, Western mentality, the way that we think, we think bigger is always better. Definitely great things can come in big places, but God's way of working is if you're faithful with little, I will lead you too much. David learned that lesson. This is why he could take aim against Goliath. Is because he says, I might not have fought a giant from Philistine, a giant Philistine, but I, I've been faithful with my father's sheep. And when I was faithful when no one else was watching, I fought off a lion and I fought off a bear. And it wasn't enough just to kick them away from the sheep. I went ahead and went and killed them. I was so protecting the place that no one had any viewpoint in but God. 
who saw me in the place when no one else was watching, is now set me on the stage for the whole world to see. When we learn how to take aim, realizing what God is here, what's already inside us, what's already inside you and me, is more than enough to produce victory in this season and in this, and in this year. The kingdom just works different. Little baby Jesus born in Bethlehem. Even Bethlehem, that the people like, thought it was nothing. The prophecy about Bethlehem from the prophet Micah says that, oh, little Bethlehem, you're just a lowly village. You're just a small little town. But out of you will come the ruler of like all people. God does big things in small places. I mean, the whole Roman Empire, the world had never seen anything like it becomes the Holy Roman Empire. Jesus literally turned it all around. Because what started little didn't stay little. So if you've got little right now, you've got a little momentum, a little bit of faith, a little bit of obedience, a little bit of faithfulness. You've got a little to steward right now. You can learn to leverage it and take aim for the great thing God wants to do through your life. What's that little word that God spoke to you that you've given up on? Where's that little place of faithfulness that feels like it's futile right now, but if you'll be faithful with it, you believe God can actually lead you to your future? What's that last thing God gave you to steward, last thing he's asked of you to do? Just like Jesse, David's dad, asked him to take care of the sheep. What is God asking of you? What does your father desire from you? So what we learn about the kingdom of God is that God can take a little and even the leftovers and he can change the world. This is why we take aim. Not when we have momentum, not when everything's working, not when our, our bank account is up. Not when our relationships are thriving. No, we are faithful in the small, and God will lead us to something great. Small steps will lead you up to great heights, but you have to take aim. So when we see our small things, sometimes we think it is minuscule. But God says, no, that's actually your ministry. It's actually that place, if you're faithful with it, that I will lead you into your God-given future. Remember, it is these everyday moments. Destiny is a daily Decision. Your 2024 is not a big breakthrough year without the small obedience and steps every day that will get you to that place. In the Old Testament, Zechariah, he's a prophet. Uh, he, he's coming to restore the temple when it's been destroyed. And in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 10, God speaks to him as something that will speak to us. It says, don't despise these small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. God says, if you'll just start, that's where I rejoice. I'm just looking for a people or a person that could say, hey, that giant should not be talking about my God. I'm just looking for someone to step up. I'm just looking for someone to take aim. I rejoice when I see the work begin. How many know when the marathon starts, no one is cheering like they are at the finish line? We think at the end is the breakthrough. And God says, no, it's at the beginning that you'll have the breakthrough. If you'll just start, I'll do something significant. I will slingshot your life if you learn to take aim. Don't despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Because God knows something about the end game that we don't know. That's why he says, hey, don't, don't be frustrated. Don't despise these small beginnings. Be, be careful sometimes that we get overwhelmed when things been when things are underwhelming, when, when things seem meager, when they seem small, that's actually the season that God is looking for the most, the most faithfulness, the most obedience. Why does he rejoice? 
when to see just the work begin is because God knows he's the finisher, not us. We take the small step. He's the one that helps us walk on water. We just might lift up our staff. He's the one that divides the Red Sea. We might just throw the rock. He's the one that guides it into the Goliath, uh, the demise of Goliath, right? He's the finisher. Hebrews chapter 12, he's faithful to finish. He's faithful to complete. Philippians chapter 1, he who begin this good work in you, faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus' return. Even in the end, he reveals how he works with us. Revelation chapter 22 says, look, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me. I'm going to give to each person for what they have done. Not by what someone else has done. You're not rewarded by your parents' obedience, your siblings' obedience, your neighbor's obedience or faith, Pastor Justin and Marissa's faith. No, you're rewarded by your own faith. By what God is asking of you, but God has positioned you in. That's why we're faithful when small, because God can promote to something big. And he says, hey, just so you know who I am as a God, I'm the God who's there at the beginning, and I'm the God that's there at the end. I'm the Alpha, and I'm the Omega, the first and last, the beginning and the end. In other words, I see it all completely. So I could bring the victory. You might think that's the Omega moment, but actually the victory happens in the Alpha moment. The victory for you is just that small step of obedience. It's learning to take aim, knowing what's already in you is enough by the grace of God and his supernatural power at work in your life to overcome whatever you might be facing. He's in it all. And we see this throughout history, biblical history. We see this throughout even modern history. The people that come from nowhere accomplish great things. Think about Esther, little orphan Esther. Yeah, she's pretty, but she's a woman in a man's world. In fact, she can't even go talk to her husband without risking the peril of her life if she's not asked in. No, no men, husband should amen that moment right there. <laughs> and she could lose her life. And yet, for such a time as this, this little orphan from nowhere steps before the king and saves God's people from genocide. Actually promoting God in her moment of peril. We learn it again from Jesus, born in a major, crucified on a cross. He's from Nazareth. They joke about Nazareth. Uh, they, they make fun of Nazareth. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Yeah, the king of heaven came from there. And then he overcame death, the grave, and now he's seated in heaven and he's the ruler of all things. And he's coming again. And so he's asking that same thing with you. What the small thing that he's asking of you produces something amazing. The little boy's lunch feeds the multitudes. This is the way the kingdom works. And God wants your life to work this year. And the only way your life is going to work is if we seek that kingdom first. At the beginning of the year, that's what we're doing. That's what we're after is all that he has in store for us. And little shepherd boy from nowhere defeats the big, bad Goliath. We know that David, Pastor Jesse said last week, he was just being faithful to the father. What did Jesse ask him? Would you take this bread? Would you take this cheese to the front lines? You're not even in the army. I want you to go and feed your brothers, who, brothers who make fun of you, brothers that put you down. David was just doing the last thing God asked of him. Oh, that is a word for someone today. What's the last thing God's asked to you that you've let go of? you got to get a grip on that. You need to take aim on that. What's the last thing God brought you through that you've already forgotten about because you're current, giant? This is why we take aim. It's already in us. The same God that got us this far will see us all the way through. But what is your father asking of you? When no one else is looking, when no one else is watching... He is still speaking. What's he asking of you? In the desert when no one else is around, David's working on his sling game. He's working on his faithfulness. He's working on his obedience. He's staying faithful in the small. 
God's going to put him in a place of significance with a big battle and a big victory. But he would not accomplish that if he wasn't faithful with his yesterday. What is the Father asking of you? Don't despise the small. The same as small things of obedience can lead us to big victories, so can small places of disobedience lead us to great loss. Let me get in your business for a moment, if that's okay. I mean, you're the ones that came out on a grueling day. I think you're tough. We've got to learn to fight against the small things that steal as well. One of my favorite restaurants in Kansas City just closed uh, about six, seven months ago. And there was a dime, and a, 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 there was a time when you had to get a reservation or you're going to be waiting for a long time. It used to be amazing, but then over time it just got worse. Maybe you have a place like that, like the hospitality was worse, the service, and just like one moment, it was gradual over the years, it just began to decline. Somewhere along the line, leadership quit caring. And as we're leading our life, I wonder if there aren't some places that we used to take, and I mean this in a healthy way, pride in, in doing our best and bringing our best, and honoring God and worshiping God. And then over time, we just, as leading our own lives, we just cared a little bit less. See, they never decided like, hey, we want to have a bad restaurant. They just stopped choosing to be better. The small slides away from excellence. No healthy believer decides to slide on into sin today. I want to be selfish. Oh, I cannot wait to succumb to temptation today. I want to look just like the world around me. I want to blend into culture like Romans 12, uh, 12 tells us. I'm going to blend in without even thinking about it. No. No one says I want to wreck my marriage today so my kids live in another town. No one says that. No one wants a broken home. No one wants a broken life. No one wants a broken heart. What do we do? We quit doing the things we did at first. David's son Solomon says it's the small foxes that spoil the vine. So just as small steps produce great victory, small steps back or slides back or standards drop produce great loss. So what is it today as the battle you are facing that you need to take aim. You might need to get a grip again on what you're called to do. Don't slide back. Don't let the fox in. Don't let the little thing steal another moment of your God momentum. Get back to your place of calling. He, when we, that's what we repent. I love what Pastor Andrew said. It's a changing of our mindset that changes our moves out here. It's a motive change that changes our daily moves and motivation. Let's get our hearts back that he's our first the gods are everything. We can't even win real battles in our own power. David says, I didn't defeat the bear and the lion on my own. God protected me and God promoted me. And the same God that was back there, he's already in me right here, right now. It doesn't matter what you were facing. I don't know what your giant looks like. It might be financial giants. It might be relational problems. It might be the raising of your kids is overwhelming. It might be a, a bad report from a doctor. It might be a sickness or a disease. It might be apathy. It might be, might be frustration. It might be depression and anxiety. I don't know what it is. I just know that what's already in you as a believer is a world overcoming power. And if we can just take aim, with what we've already got and who already got us here. Giants will fall and victory will be yours in the name of Jesus. Do you believe it? Can we just celebrate that God's going to do something? He's got you. He's got you. He's got your 2024. He might be saying, hey, mend the fence of the small fox you're allowing in. What's the last thing your heavenly father's asked you to do? 
And where do you just need to step up on the front lines, knowing the same God that got you here will get you there. It's already in you. It's already in me. So I can take aim. Because giants are going to fall when I keep stepping in faith. Even when it's small. I don't despise small beginnings. I know that God can do the most miraculous things in the smallest moments. Can I pray for you? Let me pray for you. Just get your heads bowed and eyes closed. Even those online, just take a moment between you and God. I want to read this passage of scripture. Just give you a quick thought, just as you can listen, with no distractions. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 from the New King James says, Therefore, we, 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 we make it our aim. We've got this aim we're after. This aim to obey, this aim to honor, this aim to walk with God. And knowing that one day we're going to stand before Jesus. And we're going to give an account for how we lived. And it's a day of blessing. It's a day of victory. It's a day of God rewarding us for being faithful. That's why we don't just walk through life aimlessly. No, we learn to take aim at our calling and our purpose. To live a life worthy of our calling. To live boldly for Jesus. To give God our best in the beginning of the year. Knowing this is the year he's going to lead and guide us to what he has for us. Where are you at in your walk with him? Where have you maybe lost your grip? And maybe you quit focusing with your faith and you've given up because of some setbacks or some struggles. Maybe some small foxes got in or even other people's problems have been painful to your life. And you've given up a little bit of hope and you've lost a little bit of your faith along the way because the enemy through small things has stolen your perspective of God's big power. I pray that today is a day where you pick back up the small little stones, the little things. And you begin to take aim again. Because the same God that got you here this Sunday in the cold, that got you through 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023, is in your 2024 with you. And what's already in you, the power of the living God is going to propel you to victory and God momentum in this season. And giants are coming down in the name of Jesus.